Tub Conroe. Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on this Thursday afternoon, you are listening to us on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide uh, on IRLoneStar.com. As always, this is Corey DLG, and you can hear me with my good friend, little brother, and uh, occasional person I like to be seen in public with, little brother Nico. Only occasionally, huh? Well, I mean, listen, sometimes I look at you and I think, nah. That's fair. I am a little bit awkward. <laughs> I don't think there's a uh, probably a more awkward looking duo than the two of us. It really, it really sells. I think the character like of us. It, it's really funny. Like because we're we're so outwardly like different, but close enough that you're like, oh, kind of maybe I could see. Oh, like being related and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. I also like leading with different stories about how we're related. <laughs> like conflicting ones, and now they don't know what to believe? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I like that, too. Right. Um, anyway, how, how's your week going? Uh, it's going uh, pretty well, I'd like to think. <laughs> okay, you like to think. He wants to believe. Right. He wants I'd... to believe. Right, and by Disney Channel standards, that basically means I've already done it, right? Yeah, that's close enough to me. I, I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, I think there was a title to an X-Files movie, I want to believe. Yeah, or at least a one that, like... Or at least an alien movie like that, right? Or, like, Ghost? No, I think, it was, I, think it was, I think it was X-Files, I want to believe. Um, You're probably right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also an X-Files title. You're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> is it? That's probably that's funny. I never really got into the show. The movie was the movies were okay. There were like two movies they had, and they were all right. I never really got into the show. And then they did like a new season a couple years back. Never oh, yeah. got into that either. Remember um, like the the reboot that happened? Yeah, well, it was like I guess by the end of the show they had revealed like aliens were real or whatever, and so. They never really got into that in the old show, and I guess the new one was like, "Now what?" But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think I liked the show better when it was like, "Is it real or not real?" And then as they got more into stuff, it was like, "Well, obviously this is real." Like, at least in their universe, right? But is their universe our universe, Corey? That's the question. Well, you know, you know what I would have liked because like Mulder's backstory was. I think it's his sister gets abducted by aliens, and so she's been missing this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I would, and I don't know if this happened. I don't. I didn't watch enough of the show to know if this happened or not. Uh, but I would like to, if at some point they would have found like Mulder's sister's body, and it would have been like a, a kidnapping and a murder type situation. It's like disproving the aliens thing. Well, yeah, and then it's like maybe they're real or not real, but you didn't have that personal experience you thought you had. Oh man, that's earth shattering. And then, and then, like, because he's like that diehard, like, no, this stuff is real because I've seen it, kind of thing. Now he's not sure about what he's seen, but he does have this stack of crazy, weird cases that are just bizarre. Right now, now, and then he's now like, oh man, is any of this real? Or are we all just collectively insane? But and then, like, now he doesn't. Now he doubts everything, like everything, everything, like. Normal, normal, weird, normal, paranormal. Like he just doubts all of it. That would that would have been the that would have been the direction 
I would have gone with that show. Mm, that sounds pretty good, though. I probably made good TV. We'll never know, though. That's okay. It's just one of those things. X Files, but it's not the X Files. Until Netflix shows up with that blank check we've always talked about, we'll never know. The W Files. The W Files. The XX Files. Ooh, steamy. And then when HBO calls, I make it the Triple X Files. Right. Bouch. Wow, wow. Um, I can basically put nudity into any show and make it an HBO show, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty much a bog standard HBO move. Like Friends, all they needed was like three F-bombs and like to watch Joey bang the chicks that he was always like hinting at banging. And that would have right. been an HBO show. Yeah, definitely. Like if if Chandler or Monica had said the F word like 10 times, then yeah. they would have been set. Right, you know, like real friends do. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, they tell each other to shut the f up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, and they call it the Real Friends. It's on HBO Max. Right, and then and then every episode, Joey has a new girlfriend. Right. And no one is surprised, and it's all done very tastefully. He said, you know, lying through his teeth. Right. Uh, there was like some. A lot of people were complaining when they kind of revisited Friends that it that it that it kind of excluded the entire like. <laughs> cast of minorities that New York City is known for, and that is a really fair comparison. But of all the shows in recent memory that have sort of come back up and been reevaluated, I think that one probably passes the test the strongest. Yeah, I think so. Because a lot of the other ones had issues, like real problems. You know, like okay, my favorite my favorite little show that I just rewatched, uh, Entourage. Oh, First of all, it has the same whitewashing problem. Not a lot of other people of ethnicities in it, um, right? And then on top of that, it's just got it's just dripping with toxic toxic masculinity. Like it's just all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it. Uh, like Friends didn't have a lot of the other problems that these types of shows had, right? There's nothing in Friends that's outright, like, offensive. Right. Like, and I think there's... Seinfeld was kind of the same way, where it was, like, about New York, but for some reason it was always only white people in it. Like, And then anyone who wasn't white was always featured in, like, the episode. Like, they were just part of the story of that episode. Like, they were just a guest in that episode. They weren't just part of the cast or anything. Right. Which is weird, considering... Uh, yeah, just considering what New York is, is kind of known for, really, is just being a giant melting pot. Um, but maybe Seinfeld's New York was never that way. And and that's sort of the real conversation, too, right? Like, you can kind of create whatever world you want to live in as a person. Like, maybe you just don't interact with those people. Right. Maybe, maybe it's you're the weird one, not them. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I mean, like, if that's how, if that's how you're happy, it is what it is, right? Right. Um, okay, so we got to add another one to my long, long history of being just right on the nose. Just, right. just immediately plucking something up and going, this is going to be important. We're going to talk about this. This is going to be a big deal. Um, two weeks ago, I talked about the comic book Barbaric from small publisher Vault. Comics. Yes. Yep. And I said, this thing is great. I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, I think in the comic world, I was probably a little late to it, but in the social media world and in the and in the world that we're in, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm early. 
Um, well, Vault Comics made an announcement uh, Wednesday. And it says, Hot on the heels of the tremendous success of Barbaric, Vault has announced that the hit series will return in 2022 and beyond. And not only will the characters return in multiple new miniseries by co-creators Mike Morici and Nathan Gooden, but also in a set of different barbaric one-shots written and drawn by a murderer's row of the industry's greatest creators. Um, so get ready for that Hellboy treatment where like a bunch of different writers and artists will come in and do little side stories, and then that main story will continue in a series of miniseries. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so yet again, I nailed it right on the head. I'm kind of a big deal. I mean, basically, if you stick with me, you're gonna get the news first. You've been you've been scarily accurate on like ninety nine percent of this. I don't think there's been a single thing where you're like this is gonna be huge and it just didn't evolve into nothing. Right. Like I I don't think I've missed any. And then like yeah, there might be like big stories that I don't whatever. But yeah, I definitely don't get them wrong. Right. And if it and if it's wrong, it typically is like. Look at the like. Look at the hype behind this, and then it like erupted into like this crazy like, and this is why it failed story. Right. Exactly. So either way, like Firefest. Oh man, that was that was a huge one. That was one of my better ones. Remember, like, because I was talking about how Jaw Rule was promoting a concert out of the blue, then they did their Orange Day, and then all the models were promoting it, and I told that story, and then. The sandwich went viral. Man, it's truly, truly a travesty. I was excited about that one. That was a funny one. That was a really funny one to me. Like, like that whole thing was crazy. Like, every single aspect of that story, like, keeps getting, like, even more and more absurdist and farther along. Like, it kind of, like, it kind of reminds me of, uh, Oh, God. What was his name? Dan Bilzerian, I think his name Dan was. Dan Bilzerian, yeah, Bilzerian, yeah. or whatever his name is. He, okay, Ugh. that guy, I don't I don't understand that story at all. So that guy has almost bankrupted the company he's CEO of. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still in charge of that company. And they fired, not CEO, he's like the, he owns it. He owns the majority of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. They had a CEO, and the CEO accused him of almost bankrupting the company. Well, they fired the CEO. Genius, that's the play you make. <laughs> and and Dan Bilzerian is still walking around like he's rich, even though according to all these news stories, he isn't. He's super broke, which doesn't make any sense because like the things that he was doing, he could have easily turned it around and made money, but he just didn't. Well, I, I and I don't know. I I don't. I'm I'm not sure. Like his like story you, is so weird. Yeah. Special forces, super poker player, has like five heart attacks by the time he's forty. Like he's just a weird cat. And then all of a sudden, in in this last twelve years, he's living this weird super rock star lifestyle where he wants you to think he's whining and dining eight models a night and banging models on private flights and all kinds of just the absurdity continues to grow. Right, but like it's all not real. <laughs> No, it's definitely not. Most of it's definitely not real. And then, and that's sort of the thing, right? Like, you only occasionally have to actually stunt in order to, to kind of be certified stunting. Like, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Money Mayweather, I'm sorry, uh, typically 
you know, he'll he'll make one or two big splashes a year just to remind everybody that he's filthy rich and and he gets to stay Floyd Money Mayweather. Like, I mean, he made sixty million dollars off of a boxing exhibition. Like, you know, he's okay. He's all right. Um yeah. he'll, he'll publicly make a five million dollar bet on something. Like, I mean, he's just kind of um Right, but like the thing about the thing the difference between like Floyd Money Mayweather is that he like Mayweather actually has money. Like Dan doesn't actually have all this money he claims to have. This is true, but he doesn't have to have none of it has to be real in order to feel real enough for us to talk about. Right. Like he doesn't really need to own 19 supercars. Whether he does or doesn't, I don't know. But what he'll tell you is that he's got a parking lot full of Bugattis and you just go, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, you're Floyd Money Mayweather. Why wouldn't you? Of course you do. Um, but like maybe he doesn't, but you know, they were all there on that one day for that photo shoot, so it feels real enough that you're gonna believe it. And that's what Dan Bilzern does too. The Instagram looks lit. He's living the dream. But the reality is, is that real? Probably no. not. Probably not. It's all, it was all a ruse. And this is why social media is terrible for people. <laughs> it's hard to argue that. When you're right, you're right. I mean, like, I say it all the time. Happens all the time. Like, <laughs> man, I would hate to be, like, a teenager now. Like, where social media is, like, way more. Like, I'm right. I was right at the edge where, like, it was important to some people. But I could just coast by with not caring enough. Like nowadays, like I could never imagine being a teenager and being like completely absorbed in that social media like lifestyle. It would destroy me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, and there are people who can't handle it. Like that was, you know, I mean that's that's something that that we were talking about when we were having that conversation one time about. The girl who maybe the cosplay was too much because because of her age. Mm-hmm. We, we were we had that conversation off air with some friends. We were at Comic Comic Con Conroe and or Comic Conroe, and there was a group of seven or eight younger kids, probably between sixteen and twelve, somewhere in that range. And one of them, it just looked it just looked too much, too much. And uh, you know, I made the comment like, "Don't you, as a parent, sort of at like at some point, don't you say something?" Even if it's listed to dress up as a different kid, whatever, whatever. But it's because of things like the social media that I – it doesn't matter. Like in the con- in the argument was, well, if, if she knows you love her and she's confident, it doesn't matter what she wears. That's sort of true, yes. But it's not necessarily – it doesn't work that way for kids. It just doesn't. The social media matters. The perception of things matters. Not just kids. Adults too. They talk about it all the time that we get this visual input of seeing the – you know, the Danbles are on Instagram and we realize like, oh man, our life is so much worse than his. He's not earning any money. Like he's literally blowing tens of millions of dollars a month, allegedly in these articles. Right. And yet, you know, he leads you to believe he's some sort of great success. Right. He's literally like stealing, not, well, not stealing, but like, well, I mean, I misusing when it's, when it's all said and done, it might be embezzlement. It depends on where that money comes from and how he's like, if it's directly out of the company account into this situation, then that is embezzlement. That is yeah, absolutely it's it's, it's company credit cards. Oh yeah, that is what the story is. That this is all on company cards, and he's like, 
the celebrity endorser and this is sort of their PR plan. But uh, listen, he's the majority. I think he's the majority shareholder, though, or this or the largest seat on the board. So he's sort of able to get away with this in the sense that if that part is correct, if I understand that part of the story correctly, that he's the largest seat on the board, then he's the largest vote. And so as long as he has the enough minority support to override everything else, it kind of doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like he can keep stealing from the company. She's going to keep running it into the ground until he can't use it anymore. And at that point, what you going to do? What you going to do? Someone's got to pay these millions of dollars. Actually, at that point, who's going to be left to pay it? Like the company will be gone and working in, in, in having worked in that industry, depending on it, it's going to depend on who's actually assigned as the creditor of those accounts. That's crazy to me. Like, there's a real chance that maybe no one ever pays that. And if I'm, if I'm American Express, maybe that's where I'm keeping an eye on. Like, is my bill getting paid every month? Like, what's happening here? It's fake money, not real. (laughs) I want to touch base on a news story that happened a while back. Um, do you remember? It was kind of connected to comic books, and it sort of became a comic book story. Uh, the woman in the park who would not leash her dog, and a black gentleman in the park was there with his girlfriend and asked her to leash her dog. His girlfriend mm-hmm. was filming the encounter. Um, they were in the park to watch birds. The black gentleman, his name is Christian Cooper, and it turns out um, he worked for Marvel Comics at one time as an editor. Okay. Um, the story became she didn't want to leash it. She said that she was going to threaten uh, to call the police about the angry black man in the park. She did do that on film. Um, which obviously she intended to do that as a threat to use the police as a weapon against him, right? I mean, that's pretty clearly. Yeah, that's very the obviously the play there. Uh, in the backlash from that, she voluntarily surrendered the dog to a shelter. She got put on administrative leave by her job, and later she was fired. She issued an apology. The apology read, I want to apologize to Chris Cooper for my actions when I encountered him in Central Park yesterday. I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about his intentions when, in fact, I was the one who was acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash. When Chris began offering treats to my dog and confronted me in an area where there was no one else nearby and said, you're not going to like what I'm going to do next, I assumed we were being threatened when all he intended to do was record our encounter on his phone. He had every right to request that I leash my dog in an area where it was required. I am well aware of the pain that misassumptions and insensitive statements about race cause. I would never have imagined that I would be involved in the type of incident that occurred with Chris. I hope that a few mortifying seconds in a lifetime of 40 years will not define me in his eyes and that he will accept my sincere apology. Okay. Uh, she doesn't mean it anymore. She took it back. Wow, I am ill surprised. Uh, she apparently went on Barry Weiss. I don't know who that is. I don't know. His podcast called Honestly, sponsored by The Spectator. All these things sound fake. I don't know. Um, There's there's just too many things. There's, like, there's anything. There's probably a show called, like, The Square, sponsored by, like, Colgate Total, and, like, I I wouldn't ever know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't she be dissing future sponsors of the show, Colgate Total? Um... 
So blah, blah, blah. she quickly became uh, the, Karen, the Karen. Within 24 hours, Amy Cooper had been doxxed, fired from her job, surrendered her dog. She wound up fleeing the country. That seems unlikely. I don't know if I believe that. She hasn't spoken publicly since last summer until now. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, quotes Amy stating that Christian allegedly threatened her when she refused to leave her dog. Um, she keeps trying to paint herself in this victim, even though she was obviously wrong. And I have a problem with it, right? Like, right. No, like, 100%. Like, people who don't want to leash their, like, if you have a dog, it is your responsibility that no one is threatened by, injured by, like, your dog is 100% your responsibility and if you're like, I trust my dog to get off the leash, you better have a recall command that right. that dog is going to listen to if something happens, if it gets excited or threatened or something happens, if there's children, people, like, it is 2,000% your responsibility for your dog. You are their caretaker. And if someone says, hey, please leash your dog, you are actively in the wrong if you say no. <laughs> Outside of being in your own home. <laughs> okay, right. And so she was charged. This is this is another part of this I have a problem with. Amy Cooper was charged with accounts of falsifying an incident report. Uh, this February, prosecutors dropped the charges, stating that she learned her lesson after completing five therapy sessions. Uh, she also stated that the investigation against her by her former employer was not legitimate, and she's now suing them for damages for race and gender discrimination, defamation, and intentional infliction of emotional distress and negligence. No. <laughs> There's also the issue regarding why she threatened to call the police, specifying she was being – see, again, like, I have a – okay, listen to this quote. So it's back on this weird podcast with all the names on it. Uh, she was being threatened by an African-American man. Something she – so she asked for the police and uh, – it seems that much of the justification or actions were all in her head rather than in reality. The podcast skirts around this issue, confusing the idea of someone threatening to take an action with somebody threatening someone's life. The context of people who like dogs and those who do not of – like, I mean – You can't sit there and say I was threatened by an African-American man because you weren't threatened by an African-American man. Like, that didn't happen. Right. He asked you to do something which you're 100% obligated and required to do. To do. Right. Because it's not like – it's not like pretty much almost every park you'll go to has a sign that says dogs must be leashed. So when you're going against that thing, you're 100% already in the wrong <laughs> And it almost doesn't matter what someone says to you because what if, what if like what if he had a phobia of dogs? And like, right. he's and he's like terrified, like, please, man, leash your dog. I'm super scared of dogs. Like, it doesn't matter the reason why someone would want you to leash them. It's literally the law. <laughs> and and honestly, like she knew she clearly outlines in her statement in the first apology. That she knew calling the cops in that sort of heightened time and all that was on purpose and leading to a certain situation. But now that she has to live the life of being the person who did these things, she doesn't want to do that anymore. Now she wants it back. 
Right. Now, now, wants... now, that there's, now that there's consequences to her actions. Right. Now she wants to relitigate it. Instead of just... Because what she did in the beginning was correct. She screwed up. She admitted she screwed up. She, she issued the apology. And that, you know, people were going to be mad at her. That's sort of the deal. You're going to have to take those hits. Your job's going to fire you. You're going to do this. You have to start over. But you have to start over because of your actions. You're not starting over because... Uh, culture turned on you like you're not starting over because they drew your name out of a hat like yeah. you're starting over because you got caught being a really awful person right. like to be clear she called the cops on a black guy because she she wanted the black guy to be afraid the cops would kill him right like there's no there's no smaller or more eloquent way to put that she wanted him to feel threatened for his life. And now that she has to live the life as the person who did that, she no longer is okay. I'm noticing a lot of the people who are being arrested for the uh, January 6th riot, their lawyers are saying the same stuff. They're like, my client's been in jail for 30 plus days with criminals and other, and it's like, well, he, he, he broke the law. Like, right. Where do you think we put the bad people? Where are they supposed to go? There's a there's a there's a video I saw. It's a it's a cop getting pulled over uh, by another cop, <laughs> and he's like he's like going like obscenely fast, and he gets pulled over, and he's like, "What?" He's like, and the, the guy getting getting uh, pulled over is like, "Dude, this is gonna ruin my career." And the guy just goes, "Well, that wasn't my decision, right?" And it's and listen. That is one thing that uh, police say that I don't have a problem with them saying. I've had conversations. You know, I you know I have a lot of cop friends, and we disagree about different stuff or whatever, whatever. And like when someone's like, "Oh, will the police pull over black people more, and that's why they catch more black people with drugs or something like that?" And the cop friends that I know will be like, "Well, we didn't tell them to carry drugs, so it's like, like drugs are probably equally distributed amongst whites and black." But because they're doing the profiling, they're catching more black people, blah, blah, blah. But the cops get to the last step where they go, okay, well, racial profiling or not, they still had the drugs, and we didn't make them hold them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it is the true element to all of this that I don't have, like, yeah, the, the other cop who pulled him over didn't choose to make the first cop speed. Um, like, that's yeah. the only part of that uh, of that kind of logic that I am okay with, which is, yes, ultimately, they chose to do the criminal act. Um, which is, I think police sort of use it as their uh, like absolution when they catch criminals. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, out, like, I think the drug policy is stupid anyway. I definitely think it's a like straight up like racist policy. Like the war on drugs is a hundred percent like put hundreds oh, upon sure thousands of millions of people in prisons that should have never been there in the first place. Well, there was there was a quote from the uh, from Reagan uh, from Nixon's drug czar. Who helped write the laws that first went in the very first set of drug war laws, and they wrote them to target Nixon's political opponents, specifically the hippies and the Black Panthers. Right. So I mean, <laughs> do what you may with that information. <laughs> right. Think what you want about it, but they specifically targeted two groups of people: the poor and the black. They specifically targeted them with those laws. That's not a mistake, and it's a, and it's a quote from him. When they were writing the law on the hill, and he was helping because he was the drug czar. It's a pretty sick name, though. Drug czar. Yeah, it's one of the few jobs I definitely want. 
<laughs> like, who's this guy? That's the drug czar. Oh, snap. The what? <laughs> Although, one of my favorite set of lines ever comes from the movie Traffic, and it's when Michael Douglas is playing the drug czar. Um, he said, they, they said, did you get any advice, or did you, were there any, uh, did you get any advice from anything from the previous drug czar? And he said, uh, yeah, I, I sat down and um, he told me a story. And the story was when he took when he got the job, there were two letters. The first letter in the envelope said the first letter said, blame me for everything. Uh, so blame the previous drugs are for whatever you're in trouble. for. He said, open these letters when you're in trouble. And the first letter says, blame me for everything. So that's how you get out of the first problem. You blame the old drugs are. The second letter says, sit down and write two letters. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite quotes because it's like, you can get out of things every once in a while, but then at some point, it's your turn. Right. You're next on the block. Right. You may not be there, but you're going to catch it eventually. Right. And I always I always love that. I always like that, that that's it's very much a reality of, of that sort of level of law enforcement and all that. But yeah, I, I the story came, broke this week that... Um. Yeah, Amy Cooper not so sorry anymore about being essentially a racist who was going to use the police to attempt to murder a black person. Yeah, like that's definitely not how it would have gone. But like, do you know that? I don't know that. Right. Like, if the cops show up and she's like, "He hit me," and he can't prove at the, he's like, "It's on my phone. I swear I didn't." And they're like, "Turn around," and all of a sudden it's violent. Like, do you know he doesn't die? No, that's fair. Like, I, I, you, you, you can't know the things that didn't happen, right? And that's the other problem too is something like that could easily escalate depending on what officer shows up. I'm watching right. Atlanta on FX, and there's so many times where things just spiral out of control so quickly, where you're just sort of like, "How did that happen?" It's a really it's- weird show. It's really interesting. Donald Glover really kind of more than how Childish Gambino made me question. Like, he's really going in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. This show is clearly going in a lot of different directions. It's really interesting. That's uh, that was the longest first ad I've ever seen in my entire life. It was a twenty-seven minute ad. It was just it was the, the entire whole... first episode of Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. I did. Uh, I, I stopped whatever I was doing. I watched it. It was pretty good. <laughs> we're gonna jump out to a break here in a second, but I do want to say, uh, I think I'm secretly in love with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't even know who that is. I'll look it up later. She was the Huntress in the new Birds of Prey. Ah, okay. I know and what you're talking about. She Netflix just released a trailer for her new movie, Kate, where she's a hit woman with 24 hours to live and get revenge on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, typical action story, but she looks boss AF in it. Like... She can kill me anytime. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anytime. Arrow through the window. Any, I'm totally fine with it. If it's her doing it, I'm not mad at anybody. That's yeah, it. that's on the record. I don't even care. I don't even care at all. If you're if 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 we hit it big and then there's like a shootout for some reason and someone's like Mary Elizabeth Winstead shot Corey DLG three times in public. Your job is to make sure she doesn't go to jail because I'm not mad. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be the officiator of your estate or whatever. And it's like we're not pressing charges. Please drop. <laughs> yeah, 
Your Honor, we have zero complaints for this witness. And they're like, uh, you mean the murderer? And you're like, Your Honor, we have zero complaints. Mm, yeah, she did it in front of like 80 people. She's definitely going to, Your Honor, please. Corey would have liked it this way. It says so in his will. I have him <laughs> in saying it himself. <laughs> Can literally play a tape where he says, Don't let her go to jail if she kills me. Your Honor, please. <laughs> so it's just like, Still know how any of this works, but we're going to let her loose anyway because I like it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great bit in Bojack. Uh, Don't you do it. There's a side character that's like a really, like a really good actor, and it's like I, like she's on trial for murdering someone. Uh, she's on trial for murdering someone, and it's like you can't send her to jail. She hasn't been in one of my movies, and he's like, oh my god. <laughs> I hate you. It's so good. It, just watch the show, Corey. You just get over it. And watch it. It's it. so good. It's so good. <laughs> Can't do it. I gotta go. My You're whole actively life making your life worse. I don't know, man. There's enough good TV where I never have to sink that low, traitor, in my whole life. <laughs> your your refusal to see this depresses me greatly. Um, because I'd love to talk about it with you, but you refuse to refuse. enjoy the finer things in life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good one. This one's in the real world. Is the the guy? I forget his name. The guy who actually shot Martin Luther King Jr. He has recently said in court that Martin Luther King Jr. would forgive him and let him out. That's a strong stand. <laughs> to which John Stewart was like, of all the people for you to have murdered, like, oh man. The one guy who would have let you out. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it is a strong stance, right? Like, oh, it's too bad you killed that guy then. Like, you could have got out of jail. <laughs> it's like being the guy that stabbed Jesus, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that guy. He'd forgive me. It's like, yeah, I get it. That's the point. Shut up. (laughs) Maybe he goes. I'm just following orders. Like, is that worse? Is it worse? I don't know. I feel like that's worse. I feel like that would be a worse thing for someone to say when they stab Jesus. I was just following orders. (laughs) Whatever, Roman soldier number, whoever. (laughs) Um. All right. Well, now that we've stabbed Jesus on on uh, daytime radio. Let's go ahead and jump out to a break. And when we come back, we got, uh, hopefully, a little bit more Nerd Bug Radio. We'll be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories this is Corey dlg of nerd thug radio just reminding you that if you're interested and if you're bored if you got some free time if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place the adventure begins should be an option you consider everything from DD adventures league to miniature painting uh to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. Hey, 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 it's Stephanie Nadalny, voice of Kid Goku and Kid Gohan, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio! <laughs> yeah! Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1. 
on the sister station, streaming worldwide at ourlonestar.com. Um, before we talk about the adventure begins, I do want to remind everybody it's Thursday, and on Thursday we talk a little bit about sports. Um, there's a lot going on, and um, a lot of it is NBA free agency. That's sort of the big talk, but I want to get this sports story in because I think this is more important if you're local, which means you're probably a Texans fan. Um, the starting quarterback for uh, the Colts was supposed to be um, the former Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback, the one who Carson Wentz, who's been injured over and over and never really gotten – when he's healthy, he had the MVP season, and then he's just been hurt. They won the Super Bowl with him on the, with him on the injury list, that kind of thing. Um, coming into this Colts season, they really thought th- he's going to be the guy. Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator for Philly when Carson Wentz had that great year, so they thought he's going to be the guy. Um, before they even had contact drills, he already had an issue with his foot. He will miss, um, he had surgery this week. He potentially could miss up to 12 weeks, which would put them at week eight in the NFL season. That's what you like to hear. There was a loose bone from previous injury. That was now just floating around Rogue in the foot and causing him immense pain. So they had to go get the loose bone. Right. Like, it, man, like, they got to have someone like me on every team that's just going to be like, look, guys, we're really going to do this. Because <laughs> every well, time I always hear this, they're like, he's been injured for the past eight years. Don't worry, guys. This is the year he's going to make it and be This is the year. Yeah, like, I don't know. We're going to skirt the will of God and he's going to make it this time. And it's like, never oh, no, he's injured. He's going to miss two-thirds of the season. Right. I've and you're never like, just, I've never no. got I don't, I don't know who those guys are. I don't, I never understand it here because you're 100% right. It doesn't matter. It never matters. You're not going to keep him healthier than anyone else. Like there are some things like, oh, this guy got hit 88 times. We have an offensive line. He won't get hit 88 times. Okay, that's different. But right. if you have a guy who literally every year has an injury, um, it's not the same thing. Like he's he's just a guy who gets hurt at this level. Like also behind him, they don't have a lot of good quarterbacks. They just they don't have anybody really. Uh, the Saints. If you remember last year, Michael Thomas, the receiver, held out for a couple weeks, and Drew Brees finally got involved and was like, you guys need to give him his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he signed a, a really nice extension for himself. Um, at, the, at the end of the year, he had some damage to his knee that he was supposed to get taken care of, um, and he didn't do it until last month. And now he might miss the first month of the season. And the head coach, Sean Payton, is pretty upset about it. And doesn't appreciate the timing of that. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely, like, a little bit of backhanded spite. Yeah, I think he like, thought, oh, oh, you guys you guys are going to wait to pay me? Then I'm going to wait to get my knee fixed. Oh, for sure. I think he looked around and he said, oh, Drew Brees isn't going to be here. And I don't love the quarterback situation. Because keep in mind, they haven't decided who their starter is officially yet. They're still picking between Hill and uh, Jameis Winston. So... You can I can see I, now. James Winston is probably a lethal weapon now. <laughs> so I well, if he was, he's he hasn't proven it yet, apparently. 
So I could see him kind of looking around and going, uh, yeah, because they're, they're, it's lethal weapon versus established guy, right? Like, who do you pick? No, take no, because Taysom Hill's not. Taysom Hill isn't established. He's the guy who he. Oh no, you're right. No, he's not. He barely. Yeah, he's the guy he's... they've been using in all. Like they play him in like nine positions on the roster. Right. But they like him. They like him a lot. And Jameis Winston can't make him forget about it. So he's not doing something right. Um, maybe there's just one Jameis Winston fan like me. Who's <laughs> like, dude? It's the same guy who thinks that nobody gets hurt. Well, no, it's a different guy because well, no, it's the same guy. It's just it's he the same again. Guy. Yeah, no, because um, no, because I like I I don't believe that people like oh god, what was his name? You just said it, and I've already forgotten it. Mister can't get healthy for a whole year. We think oh, he's going to make it. Yeah. yeah, that like because like, I'm of the opinion like he's never going to be healthy enough to play a full season of football ever again. Probably. Well, he never like has, so right. Yeah, like correct. The, the the year would be the grace of God. <laughs> right. No, and I do understand that, and I don't know necessarily what it is. I think because he was having – the year that they won the Super Bowl, he was having one of the best seasons of any quarterback. He was clearly the front runner for the MVP, and since then it's just been bad news. Um, right. Well, I mean, like injury, injury is one of those things, especially in sports, that can just compound its way into infinity. Oh, yeah, for sure. You start compensating. You start trying to deal with this or deal with that. Also, there's just kind of a weird level of confidence. Like, one day you think you're invincible and nothing hurts you, and sure enough, nothing does. And then one day you you think you're fragile and you kind of are. Like, the mind plays a part in this. Definitely a guy who's rehabbed a bunch probably feels pretty vulnerable. Um, also, one last thing on the NFL, then we're going to talk just a little bit of NBA money because it's the free agency, which is one of my favorite times of the NBA because it's so crazy. Um, the NFL has announced that there's potentially the possibility that if a team can't field enough players due to COVID, that the team forfeits this year. And if they do, every player on the team potentially loses a game check. Whoa. What that is doing is internally what's going to happen is if a team misses a game, Right now, the NFLPA and the NFL aren't mandating vaccines. Okay, there Ooh. are pl- there's a, a a solid percentage of the of the league who doesn't want to get them. Guys like Cole Beasley have spoken out and said, "If I have to choose between getting the vaccine or never playing football again," he said, "I'm set for life. I don't need to play." Um, now there's a chance that if these guys get get it enough, or too many of them have it, and they're not eligible to play, et cetera, et cetera. You can bet in that locker room the week after there's going to be some people that are unhappy that they missed a game check because of guys making political statements and things of that nature. Oh, yeah, Um, definitely. It's one of those things that's going to be real easy to turn a locker room on its side. (laughs) Oh, man. So it's it's something to watch. Something to watch. Um, In the record-breaking contracts of the NBA news, um... I don't remember if we talked about this on the air or not, but Steph Curry signed a $220 million extension, making him the first player in the history of the NBA to sign two $200 million contracts. I'm sorry, first player in the history of sports to sign two $200 million contracts. Yeah, imagine being so good at basketball. Uh, James Harden almost would have been the... Uh, ooh, I don't know if it would have been... Yeah, it would have been. If he just signed, when he turned down the Rockets extension, it was a $200 million extension, I think. And 
he turned it down because he would have been the first player in the NBA to ever make fifty million dollars a season. Gotcha. Um, so Steph Curry gets it. Um, he's going to be making forty million this year. Um, <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> there's just a lot of money. Kimba Walker was set to make seventy million dollars over the next two years playing in Oklahoma City. He wanted to join the next, uh, the Knicks, so he agreed to a buyout. I don't know how much Oklahoma City is paying. Considering these contracts are guaranteed, probably most of it. That's crazy. So, like, here's a fifty-five million dollar check to not play for us. <sighs> like the amount of like, I'm like, I know, like it's sports. This is like the percentile of the percentile of the population, but that's just still crazy. <laughs> it's it's a lot of it's a lot of money. But it's sort of this thing, you know, that we talk about where, like, it all just keeps escalating and escalating. And these yeah. guys. By I mean, 20, by, by 2060, mil, like, <laughs> by oh, 2060, but, NBA players are making $6 million a game. Well, and, and it's all based on revenue things and all that. And the TV contracts keep going up. So as long as the contracts keep going up, the cap's going to keep going up. And the max deal keeps going up. Like, none of it ever stops moving. Um, and as long as that keeps happening, the NBA is in a golden era where that was part of the reason LeBron James structured his deal the way he did, where he was going to be able to sign a new contract right after the TV deal money went into place. Um, he's, he's, he's like just made smart decision after smart decision. Like, he, oh, for sure. Like for as sure. a businessman, he's so like impressive him and like Shaq, I think are like the really big ones that stick out to me. Yeah, and when people want to get on to him about like his stances or something and they want to call him an idiot, I never agree because I'm always like, I don't know, man. Like That guy makes too many great moves for me to think anything less than he either has the best team around him, and this is something we talk about a lot, getting good advice, getting getting the right management in front of you where you get the best advice, or he's he's smart, and, and whatever it is, he's making the right choice. Um, right. Kawhi Leonard, two things about him. First, he has, he has opted not to activate his player option for next year, which means this is the last year currently of his contract with the Clippers. He says it doesn't mean that he's not staying. It's just he, it means he, he either wants to leave or start a new contract, one or the other. Starting the new contract is just as likely. This is how these guys get into these mega deals is by opting out early, opting out early every time. Um, so that's not unheard of. This is, though. Are you ready for this? Nope. When Kawhi Leonard, right after Toronto won the the, uh, championship, the conversation was Kawhi Leonard can go anywhere he wants, and Toronto was really hoping he stays there. Uh, L.A. was calling, trying to get him to come to the Lakers. Uh, Russell Westbrook had publicly just thrown a party for Paul George, who had re-signed, and blah, 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 uh, and was like, oh, Paul George, you and me forever. The season ends. And Russell Westbrook reaches out to Kawhi Leonard and says, "Hey, where are you going to go? Maybe I could, maybe we can, I can trade over there and we can play together." Um, because Russell Westbrook is from LA, so mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook was saying, "Let me know if you're going to go to the Lakers because maybe I can swing some kind of trade deal, and we can play you and me can play with LeBron over there, and with Anthony Davis, or maybe he moves and trade or whatever, whatever." Um, Kawhi Leonard used that. And called Paul George and told him that Russell Westbrook called him. 
playing like five levels of phone tag. Where is this going? So Paul George is the one who asked out of Oklahoma City, and that's what made Oklahoma City break up the team. Ah. They traded Paul George to the Clippers. They get all those future first-rounders. Yeah. Then they trade Russell Westbrook to the Rockets for Chris Paul and picks. So they had 60 billion picks. That's right. I remember the story. Yeah. So to make that happen, Kawhi Leonard needed to convince Paul. He wanted Paul George. He didn't want Russell Westbrook. He had picked Paul George to be his running buddy. And so to get Paul George to agree, because Paul George had just signed the max extension to stay and play with Russ and was like, no, nah, I'll just stay here in Oklahoma City. It's fine. Russ is cool. Like, we'll work it out. And Oklahoma City's like, well, we'll run it with these two for a couple more tries and just keep kind of loading around them. And then Kawhi Leonard used the fact that Russell Westbrook tried to get out to talk Paul George into leaving. It's like the most big brain move. I was like, when I heard it, I was like, that's so petty mean girls. I was like, that's crazy. He's like, I don't really want to play with him. I want to play with you, though. He's he already like, hey, told man. me he was going to leave. Yeah, I, you should come to L.A. with me. And he's like, oh, I just signed here in Oklahoma City. I don't think I can. And he's like, well, Russ thought he could get out, so I bet you could get out if you tried. And he's like, Russ wanted to leave. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, Russ called me, said he wanted to leave, said he wanted to play with me down here in L.A. But I think you should come to L.A. What? <laughs> like, it's the most like mean girls locker room. Like, tell me that's not. Tell me that's what is that? That changes how you view Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it does, right? It, it makes you makes him seem a little little schmarmy. Uh, I know we're running out of time here. One more little little tidbit, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, the owner of the Golden State Warriors has basically said. The, Clay Thompson and Seth Curry both went to the GM and the owner and said, hey, make a move to get one more good player in to partner with us and Draymond Green, and let's take one more run at a title. Because mm-hmm. they're all in their early 30s, and they know the window is closing. The owner has now kind of come out and publicly said, I'm paying all this money to you guys. I expect you all to win no matter who I bring in or don't bring in. Ooh, strong move. So even though he just signed him to that $200 million extension – he says, if I'm paying you this money, I expect you to win regardless of who's on the roster. Mm. I mean, like, that's fair. I kind of see that. <laughs> no, I totally agree with this point. But I also think that, like, I mean, you do everything you can. You do everything in your power to win. So, like, if it means getting one more guy, just go get one more guy. Like, why would you waste the time? Like, right now the Dodgers just signed Cole Hamels out of nowhere, and now they've got, like, four – aces in their in their lineup and it's like okay they're doing everything in their power to guarantee because you can't guarantee a world series they're doing everything in their power to do their best to get as close to a guarantee as they can then they're, they're going to lose half their games and then make it to the semifinal and get knocked right. out it's going to be really right. funny and then they're going to complain about cheating because they're the dodgers and they cry about everything <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean, listen, you do what you can to ensure the best outcome possible. Let's say always like anything else. Um, but yeah, I, I don't hate the quote from him, but it definitely makes me think that he's like, I'm not spending more money. Like, definitely sounds that way. Like, I'm not he's like, I, he's like, I, I could hire, gave... I could hire the guy down the street who doesn't even know how to play basketball and you're going to win a championship. Right. I just gave you $200 million. You better win me a championship. Like, don't ask me for nothing. But I mean, that's not really how it works. But. Right. All right. All that being said, 
Real quick, tell everybody about the Adventure Begins Comics game some more. Give them the fast rundown of the schedule, and then we're going to jump out. Uh, the fast rundown of the schedule. Uh, the Adventure Begins Comics game is more. Fantastic store. Wonderful staff. They got events rolling up here. Oh, I opened my email. Oh, 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 we're not going fast. You don't know by memory what's going on Fridays and Saturdays at this point? I just don't want to get the timing wrong. Because oh, they have like four wrong. events on, on the one day. They'll know the times. They'll know the times. So Thursday at 6 p.m. is Magic Time. This is the weekly modern meetup. Friday, August 6th, 6 p.m., Star Wars X-Wing casual meetup. Saturday, 2 p.m., Pokemon meetup. 6 p.m., Hammer Time or Hammer Tabletop. And also at 6 p.m. is the Commander meetup for Magic. So two days of Magic still. And uh, so that's Saturdays, Commander, Thursdays, Modern. All right there at the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Show up there. They're a wonderful store, fantastic staff. Well, lit, right there off of 1488, the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. All right. On behalf of them, a little brother Nico and myself, we're jumping out. Same Nerd Club time, same Nerd Club channel. You guys have a great day. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun, nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio.